0: I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is
1: Larry Connors
2: USA. Larry Connors USA. I woke up this morning. Got myself a gun. Mama always said I'd be the chosen one. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine a nonviolent demonstration. A perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Many of my staff were here at the Capitol on January 6th. Their lives were put in danger as were the lives of many of my colleagues, as well as police, maintenance staff, reporters, countless others.
3: So says Senator Chuck Schumer from the House of the Senate today, calling out Tucker Carlson for what he did last night on his program. This is March 7, 2023. What did Tucker do? Well, he started releasing... Different segments of some 41,000 hours of tape taken from various cameras around the Capitol on January 6th. You've seen a very select, a very select amount of footage. Only what the January 6th committee wanted you to see. And it showed the battling of police with their face mask on and their battle shields and people trying to beat their way into the Congress. But there were numerous other videos that showed all peace. You didn't see those because it didn't fit the agenda of the January 6th investigation. Tucker Carlson.
0: These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it.
3: And why would they do that? Because it would show they were lying. They showed you selected video. They had a special producer hired, put it together, make it look really nasty and bad. And they did. But here's Senator Chuck Schumer in the Senate today, again, blasting the very fact Tucker would do this.
2: Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all.
3: Were there instances where there was actual physical violence? Yes. But what the select committee wanted to show America is just the select video that would show that. They did not want you to see the rest of it. And Congressman's McCarthy, the House Speaker, turned over the video to Tucker Carlson and his team, and they went through 41,000 hours of this video. And when they finished, Tucker Carlson said it's clear what the Democrats were presenting was slanted video.
0: By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. But
3: that does not fit with the narrative the left was pushing. It's an insurrection. You don't have an insurrection unless you have the military with you or you have a lot of weapons. One gun, one gun, a pistol found on one of the protesters. And he never took it out to threaten anyone. And, of course, the Democrats knew that Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick was not murdered, but they continued to claim that. Even the New York Times later said he was not murdered. He died in natural causes. The D.C. field office exercised their right to go after suspected criminals. They wanted the names of everybody on buses that went from Massachusetts to Washington and those who booked the buses. Former President Trump said, This shows the unselect committee was a giant scam, and indeed, and indeed it did. And then you have this story. Word coming out on a podcast from Michelle Obama that she broke down shortly after leaving then-president Donald Trump's inauguration. She says, I was just broken because Donald Trump was taking over the office Barack had had. That's politics the American way. But my guest coming up is the author of The Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last, David Horowitz. We'll talk about his book, but we're also going to talk about how much is Joe Biden, Joe Biden, complicit in covering up the COVID stories. Horowitz is going to make some claims, which I have to refute while we're doing the interview. Because I want to make sure you get the clear, clear story. But you don't want to miss the interview. David Horowitz, coming up. Lock and load. Ready. On the right. I want to share something special with you. I've told you how Wellington Environmental works to keep hospitals, schools, businesses safe for their patients, students, clients, employees... Wellington can do the same for you. Perfect example. A relative went to the basement, almost knocked over by the smell. A sewer line had broken. I called a Wellington. A crew was dispatched. First thing, make the home safe. Then clean up the mess. Truly clean it up. I'm telling you this because I want the best for you. Wellington Environmental. Here's the number. 314-644-4930. 644-4930. AAA rating with the Better Business Bureau. 644-4930. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner, better, safer. Be well with Wellington. You can text Larry right now at Larry Connors USA Facebook. Larry Connors USA Facebook.
0: is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA.
3: Welcome back. My guest we've had on before. He is the author of the book. I certainly encourage you to read it. Numerous listeners have told me they've read it. Final Battle. The Next Election Could Be Our Last, written by David Horowitz. I want to drill down on the book in a moment, but first I want to cover some other items. David, glad to have you on board, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm looking at a piece you wrote talking about The first deadly assault on American citizens by the Chinese Communist Party. In this case, we're talking about more than one million Americans killed by coronavirus, a biological weapon funded by Dr. Fauci, I call him Doctor Fake, and America's Centers for Disease Control created in a Chinese military lab in Wuhan. When you say it was when you say a deadly assault, you make it clear in those words are suggesting I should say it was all intentional
1: yeah look when I heard and this would have been you remember what happened the the virus began to affect people, and the Chinese said it wasn't contagious right and it wasn't deadly um I think it was Jan- the end of january um uh, the World Health Organization, which is under china's thumb um declared in a pandemic uh, and warned that it was deadly. But by that time, the Chinese communist government had let millions of Chinese, some 5 million from Wuhan province, disperse over the world to celebrate the Chinese New Year and Chinese Chinese communities across the world. If you remember, Nancy Pelosi was urging people to come to San Francisco's Chinatown.
3: But, um, but they did not allow those in the Wuhan province to go to Beijing, did they? No.
1: no wow, really, I wonder why. Yeah, they're, they're, well, anyway, this was, when I heard this, I mean, as a, you know, I grew up as a leftist, that that lab, the Wuhan lab, was controlled by the Chinese communist military. <laughs> I immediately said, that's, that's a biological weapon.
3: Yeah, and I, I agree. In fact, that is a nuclear a we, a weapon of nuclear. Uh, let me co- correct that. A weapon a weapon of mass destruction. The very thing that we were got blasted because there were no nukes found and, in Iraq. And
1: Biden and Biden, Trump issued an immediate ban when when the pandemic was declared on Chinese travel to the United States and probably saved. And, but he's seen the vote. He doesn't like yellow people. But Biden. <laughs> Attacked him as hysterical, xenophobic, and racist. The Democrats, throughout the epidemic, um, they, they well, they still. If you say it was a Chinese virus, um, they say you're a racist. So they 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 did cover for the Chinese. You have a president who's gotten what. Most of us would call filthy rich by taking bribes from the Chinese Communist Party. You've got a traitor in the White
3: House. Yeah, I, I, I want David. David to- I want David Horowitz. I want to make one point clear. Uh, I tend to agree with you, but there is no factual tie of money from China direct to him at this point. But I, I, I want some answers on it. I do want to go back to something, the question I raised a moment ago when you well, said, like,", this you, you, like I, 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 let me clarify this. When you said it's a deadly assault, you're suggesting it was intentional. It, are you, is, am I misreading what you're saying? Yeah, know it was
1: intentional. You know, the Chinese communists are particularly uh, ruthless. They sent their armies to climb 10,000 foot. Mountains in Tibet to destroy monasteries, Tibetan right. Buddhist monasteries that were a thousand years old. That is so vindictive, uh, you know, in the way they're treating the Uyghur
3: Muslims. And then, of course, and then of course, they've got fentanyl, which they're delivering to make sure it gets in the yeah, U.S. And they're to kill poisoning our children,
1: and, and Biden does nothing. Right. I mean, uh, making the fentanyl look like candy. I mean, come on! Why aren't we uh, bombing the crap out of them? And you're saying or you're saying clearly Biden, kind of Biden
3: is compromised. Clearly, in your view,
1: yeah, Biden, Biden is. Uh, I, he's on the payroll for crying out tears. Like I say, that Biden family has gotten rich by taking bribes from many foreign governments, but the Chinese government in particular.
3: We know his son has, we just don't have that final connection well, so far, so far.
1: you know, Biden has worried about his son. About oh, everything. yeah, yeah. So you know his son, and that Bobulinski is an right. eyewitness. One of the he partners. One of the partners to the fact that the big guy is Joe Biden.
3: And you, you pointed out something which, again, I think deserves restating, how the World Health Organization is under the thumb of China, and they were just accepting China's word in the beginning. And to my knowledge, we still have not had a full examination of the Wuhan lab, have we?
1: Exactly right. And uh, it's just been stolen by the Chinese government and the Biden, <laughs> the, the Biden government. Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable what's happened.
3: See, we all thought that we would be hit by missiles and that kind of stuff. Uh, When this balloon crossed over our nation recently, I kept wondering, (laughs) is it it maybe letting some mist free in the atmosphere that would eventually settle upon the country and cause another uh, viral outbreak? Who knows? The
1: Chinese are capable of anything.
3: You have your new book out. I want to drill down on that for a moment. And I'm glad you pointed out, and folks, in case you missed it, David Horowitz was raised a leftist. You you fully
1: admit that. My parents were car-carrying <laughs> communists. Okay. Everybody right. we knew, everybody we trusted was a member of the Communist So society. what went wrong with you, in their view? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I often wonder about that. But uh, <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, we... And I consider, you know, I chose my college major to help the revolution. That's how dedicated I was to the communist cause. But when I was in kindergarten, um, we had a, we would have a session every week where people, where the kids could request that the class would sing a, a song that they liked. And I remember I raised my hand, and I said, the Pledge of Allegiance. And, of course, everybody laughed at me <laughs> because it isn't a song. It was decades I ago. my deviation started there.
3: That was decades ago, too. And, and yet we're still having people being laughed at now because they do it. Your book, The Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be Our Last, based on what? What, what do you see causing it? The last well, i election? give you one uh,
1: The Democrats have been trying to... I've written several books. Right, I know you have, sir. One called The Enemy Within. Right. Another called Blitz, which documents how the Democrats' main drive has been to establish a one-party state by massive cheating on elections, all of which is pretty uncontroversial. You know, the, the Democrats claimed that the 2020 election was the most perfect and fair election ever? How could they possibly know that there was no audit of the vote or anything? Well, my well, point, well, we my point,
3: not- on, my point on 2020, sir, has always been from the very beginning. Before a single vote was cast, the FBI was already spreading the word that quote another Russian propaganda has come, and they were hiding information from the American public that might have changed votes. So the the FBI had already tipped the scales before anyone. Yeah, there
1: were so many ways in which they break that election, but the the main one was sending out 600 lawyers in July of 2020 um, and 10,000 volunteers to change the election rules right. in bowground states uh, and to do it even illegally because the Constitution says the state legislatures set the rules for voting. But in states, crucial states like Pennsylvania, they turned it over to the state Supreme Court, which was controlled by Democrats. You being on but, the
3: inside and with a communist parent, parental background and your alliances to the left and so forth, you, you know what the game plan is. And, yeah, and you're seeing I mean, it from the view that they, they, what they have
1: in mind. Yeah. I mean, they they charged that January 6th was an armed insurrection when. Right. with no arms a, and actually Tucker last night showed these films of what happened on January 6th and you can see right. there was no insurrection whatsoever so the whole leadership of the Democrat Party are liars and, and the fact that they would lie to destroy they really want to destroy the Trump and the Republican vote Uh, Tells you everything you need to know about the Democrats. Do you sense it? I give an anecdote. I give an anecdote in in the book. I haven't seen it anywhere except except in my book. I agree. Uh, Although I got the information from uh, a book by two Washington Post reporters who thought this was just perfect Uh, and okay. On January second four days before the January 6th event, happened to be the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of Trump's killing or ordering the death of General uh, Qasem um, Soleimani, the leading terrorist in the world, the right. an Iranian. And uh, the Iranian Mullah Fuluhani, issued a death threat, which they repeated this year against Trump for killing Soleimani. They said he will not only be removed from office because he had lost the election, but from life. Uh, and so there was a scramble among the security forces in in the, the White House security forces, which were headed by General Mark Billy, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Right. Um, and what Milley did was he went around to these meetings and calling Trump Hitler, saying that his Stop the Steel speech was the gospel of the Fuhrer, that's a direct quote, and that Trump's supporters were the guys we fought in World War II, they're Nazis. Well, when you have the head of your military saying things like that, that's treason. And all the Democrats knew what Millie was doing, uh, and and basically supported it. They yeah. if
3: it been imaginary. Imaginary. if it been the other way though, they certainly wouldn't have. Listen, David, yeah. I want to thank you again. Uh, the latest book, the latest book from David Horowitz, the final battle. Next election could be our last. I appreciate you taking time, and we tied a lot of subjects in, tried to jam a few in as well. But thank you for your time as always, sir. Thank you for having me. You bet. David Horowitz, and again, the title of the latest book. He has numerous books out, but the latest is The Final Battle. Next election could be our last. Pray it's not so. Ackerman Toyota wishing you a great 2023. But Jay Ackerman knows that times are tough for some. So Jay has a mission to help charities that truly make a difference. Food banks, veterans groups, charities battling cancer, head injuries. Jay wants to give back to the community. So I personally ask you to consider his mission when you're shopping for a car. AckermanToyota.com. Ackerman Toyota at Hampton and Interstate 44. Ackerman Toyota for life. This time of year, heavy rains, high winds, they can hit. And if you have any loose shingles... Even the smallest hole in your roof, you're taking a major gamble with your biggest investment. I can tell you from personal experience, do not wait until you have water where it shouldn't be. Don't forget that John Beale has disaster crews, which can at least cover your roof until the damage can be fully repaired. Homeowner, business owner, call John Beale. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. I fell into a ring of
1: fire, I fell into a burning ring of fire, I went down, 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 and the flames went higher,
0: and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. This is
2: Larry Connors
0: USA. Larry Connors USA.
3: You know, earlier in the program, I told you that a podcast, Michelle Obama admits that Shortly after Donald Trump was inaugurated, she broke down. She said, doors were shut, and I cried for 30 minutes straight, uncontrollable sobbing, because she was so disappointed that Trump was going to take over the Oval Office. And do you remember how many said that if he's elected, I'm leaving the country? Some even said they'd leave the planet. Well, that brings me to a piece written by Dee Parker for The American Thinker titled, If Leftists Hate America So Much, Why Don't They Leave? And he continues, Why aren't the fascist far left leaving the country? They loathe. People usually don't try to transform and then destroy that which they love, so why aren't they just leaving? He said it brings up a point you might have been asking yourself for quite some time. Why aren't they leaving? Why haven't the authoritarians of the fascist far left packed their bags and set off for greener, Collective fields, leaving the rest of us alone. Why are the tyrannical 10% sticking around when it's nothing like their floor model, the big shiny communist nation of China, with its socialism, with Chinese characteristics that they seem to love so much? How can they stand, even stomach, dealing with a nation where people are just allowed to say and write whatever they want and then defend themselves with, dare we say it, guns (laughs) again this is a piece written by D. Parker published in American Thinker he's raising questions many of us have had right so he continues maybe they're under the false impression that they're being patriotic by staying here he said there's no sense in that he said all of this is just touching the surface It raises the question, why would they be doing this if they think they could do something better somewhere else? What would they be doing differently if they wanted a different outcome? How is all of this supposed to magically transform the country they hate into something better? Then he adds this, which is right smack in your face. Can anyone, can anyone, Bueller, Bueller, anyone, can anyone figure out how having This country, overrun with an illegal invasion, overdosed on fentanyl, weakened by energy dependence on unreliable energy, divided so that we are fighting with one another, having our basic civil liberties destroyed, beset by a myriad of other self-inflicted wounds, supposed to foster progress? We don't see it. And they call it maybe patriotism? Now I want to point something out to you. D. Parker, who published this in American Thinker, lists himself as a director of communications for a civil rights organization, but also a longtime contributor to conservative websites. So his take is very interesting. And he adds this. He said, the main point we're talking about, a small political minority that has to constantly use deception to gain any traction. Thereby, we call them the tyrannical 10% tyrannical 10%, have an outsized influence after two long years. Talk about Biden and everyone around him. It is clear they're doing all they can to destroy this country that they must hate with a passion. They're surrounded with guerrilla warfare against the rest of the Americans because they know better. That last part I added on my own because it just it fits exactly what they're doing. It still comes down to that very basic premise. All of these folks who said, if Trump's elected, I'm leaving, they're still here. And all those who said, if, if he has a chance of getting back in office, I'm leaving. You really think they would leave? Again, the question from the author, D. Parker, an American thinker, so why aren't they leaving? There is no solid answer, because they were never going to. All right, now I have an update on a story you might have been following. The latest story involving those Americans that were shot as they crossed from Texas into Mexico is that two of them survived the shooting, and they are now back in the U.S. The bodies of the other two need to be examined before they're turned over to the U.S., apparently. They were just a group of friends from South Carolina. They were going to go into Mexico. One of them wanted to have a medical procedure. They thought we can do it cheaper in Mexico, so let's go there. One of those who was in the van says, I kept saying I don't think this is a good idea for us to go to Mexico to do this. Well, shortly after they got into Mexico, another van rammed them, and then bullets started flying. Cartel members. Apparently, thinking this might be another group of cartel members. Accident or not, two Americans killed in Mexico. Their bodies yet to be returned. Two others survived. They are back in the States. Now, that is, of course, choosing to go to Mexico. There's nothing wrong with doing so, but you need to exercise caution. And I don't see anything in this story that says they were not being cautious. But you've got to be careful in a foreign country all the time, and especially when you're dealing with drug cartels. By the way, the latest story from the New York City mayor's office confirms that in trying to house illegals, the newly arrived border crossers sent from Texas by Governor Abbott and others. They've dumped about 50,000 illegals into New York City. That is a sanctuary jurisdiction They claims we will take you, we will take care of you. Well, they they're getting upset and they're angry because they don't want to take care of all of them. They don't have the money. They want more federal dollars. They don't care about those along the border, the actual border of Mexico and what they're going through. But up here in New York City... We don't have the money. They don't have it down there either. You know how much it's costing at this point? According to the New York City Mayor's Office, New Yorkers are being charged close to $5 million every day, every day, to provide housing and food for some 30,000 migrants in the city's care. I don't understand that, quite honestly. $5 million every day? To care for 30000 Are you kidding? That just has to be some number movement by the mayor's office. You're going to take $5 million and do that? Now, here's some number moving that we need to be aware of. The China National People's Congress announcing that the Chinese military spending will be increased by 7.2% this year. 7.2%, the largest increase since 2019 when the pandemic broke out. So they're going to gear up their Army, their Air Force, their Navy, for what? According to U.S. defense analysts, China's increased military spending could be interpreted as a sign that they're moving closer to invading Taiwan or making more aggressive moves in the South China Sea. Either way, increasing their military budget by 7.2%. It says the Chinese are up to something. Our intel needs to know exactly what it is and we need to get a handle on it and get it quickly.
1: You are listening to Larry
3: Connors, USA. So put this on your calendar. May the 1st, Napoli Sea will open on the streets of St. Charles, right next door to Napoli 3. Napoli Sea will have the finest seafood, lobster, crab, caviar. May 1st, Napoli C opens on the streets of St. Charles, right next door to Napoli 3, which is also open for lunch and on Sundays. You can find me at Cafe Napoli in Clayton, Town and Country, streets of St. Charles, and then May 1st, Napoli C. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry
0: Connors USA.
3: There is more good news when it comes to protecting our children from woke predators, and as I say that, I remind you, That is one of the missions of this program. We push God, family, country, patriotism. And we push defend the unborn and protect our children from woke predators. I don't mean that they're physically touching them, but they're working on their mind. The other day in Tennessee, the governor signed two laws defending children from transgenderism and gender ideology. One of them prohibits drag shows to be performed on public property or in front of children. Never should be. Why should it be? What is, what's to be gained by a drag queen bouncing his, her, whatever butt in the front of these children? Now the Kentucky House of Representatives passing a bill that would prohibit healthcare professionals from using medical interventions such as puberty blockers or sex change operations on minors who identify as transgender. If it becomes law, it would require providers become liable for all damages and costs sustained for providing gender transition services. Passed through the House, 75 to 22, now goes to the Kentucky Senate. One detransistor told lawmakers she's been permanently harmed by these medical interventions. And now she says, I want to save others from it. And in Missouri... Washington University Transgender Center, still in operation, despite a whistleblower saying that we're not helping these kids. These kids need help, they need counseling. The last thing they need is puberty blockers and certainly surgery. And I'm calling out parents who allow it to get to that point, if you still have control of your kids. I hope you do. Remember our pledge, One Nation. Under God